Moncrief on News Talk. Stuff that changed the world. The mobile phone. The internet changed the world. Penicillin, I would have thought. I would say sanitation. It changes everything. Yum. I refer not just to Simon Tierney, but also what he's talking about this week, which is the birthday cake. Uh, good afternoon, Simon. Thank you, Sean. Uh, did the birthday cake... Well, I assume the birthday cake, I was going to say, did it come before or after the birthday, but it must have come after the birthday. When were birthdays invented? Yeah, so who invented the birthday celebration? Um, it starts off as a very religious thing, um, not Jesus, mm. well before him. Um the Egyptians, I suppose, were the first to mark a birthday of sorts when they would mark the coronation of a pharaoh who they believed was becoming a sort of a a, a, um, a god or a mm. goddess. Um, it's the Greeks then that introduced the cake, but not for a birthday. So you can see where I'm coming here. There's a lot of different influences that were pulled together and morphed into what we consider a birthday cake today. So the Greeks, for example, they would present a cake as a tribute to uh, Artemis, the uh, goddess of the moon and other things, chastity as well, in fact. Mm. Um, And this was a, a cake made in the shape of a moon and they put candles on it to illuminate it like the moon was also illuminated. So that's where the idea of candles comes from. Um, the Ro- the ancient Romans celebrated birthdays um, civilians they were the first to celebrate non-godlike people um, but they only celebrated one birthday Sean and it was the 50th because the idea was congratulations you're ancient <laughs> But I suppose reaching hitting 50 in those days, that was some achievement. Yeah, so when I found that out in my research, the first thing I did (laughs) in my outrage was to Google, okay, well, what... What was the average life expectancy in ancient Rome? And for for people, it was generally around 33 years of age. That's astounding if you think about it. Yeah, so the the, 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 uh, life expectancy in Ireland, for example, for... Um, it's around 78 to 80 I think at the mm. moment depending on whether you're a man or a woman Yeah. so your chances of getting to 50 in ancient Rome were so unlikely that it was necessary to wheel out a cake and celebrate the milestone <laughs> but you kind of go I'm you know 17 <laughs> years older than most people so you know all I deserve more than a feckin cake for, for achieving that <laughs> uh, I would have thought so, so okay so the kind of elements were there and and who brought them all together? Yeah, so like a lot of traditions, such as Christmas, birthdays, etc., um, we have to thank the Germans. Um, you know, a lot of our Christmas traditions come from mm. the, the Germans. And indeed, it's the same for birthdays. They brought a lot of these strands together. And from the 18th century, we really have the modern birthday party as we know it. Um, they would produce a cake for children. Uh, these were children's birthday parties called Kinderfest. And um, they had candles on them. But unlike nowadays, where we light the candles, and blow them out almost straight away after they're lit. In in the 18th century in Germany, you would light the candles in the morning and they would be lit all they would light all day. Yeah. And they were never blown out. And you could only eat the cake when the candles eventually expired. So you'd have to wait miserably watching these candles slowly disintegrate until you... So the idea was that, say it was your sixth birthday in 18th century Germany, there would be six candles and then there'd be a seventh candle 
put on, even mm. though it was your sixth birthday. And that was to say, well, you've had a good six years. Let's hope you get another one out of it. Okay, that's a jolly thought. Yes, to every six in a row. But in, so that meant then for for many years, people had to eat uh, birthday cake with with congealed congealed wax on. Wax it as well. on us, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we still no do, wonder to they be didn't fair. make it to seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to notice. I've noticed around the office nowadays because with the pandemic and stuff, people don't blow out candles anymore. They get oh. a magazine and they kind of wave them, wave at it so that their spittle doesn't go all over the cake. Oh, when gosh. are we going to bring back blowing out candles? Oh my god! When is really... the government going to start sanctioning <laughs> that again? <laughs> these, so, so like, so these birthday cakes, these early birthday cakes, at least, what what were they made out of? Yeah, good question. So, um. You know, it's a funny thing. When I was researching this, Sean, is we take the baking of a cake for granted nowadays. It's such a quick process because all the raw ingredients come ready, kind of refined, Mm. uh, whether that's the sugar or the flour um, or whatever it might be. But pre-mid-19th century, it took a lot of work to get to the point where you were actually ready to mix those ingredients together. And a big thing that happened with the evolution of cake in general and particularly the birthday cake in 1856 was the development of um, an efficient leavening agent. Um, Before that the difference between cake and bread was often quite difficult to make out Mm. because what is it that makes cake a non-bread? It's that it has risen that it's full of air, which makes it really soft and, and, and fluffy, like that that we love, you know, like a Victoria sponge or something like that. It's not dense and heavy and thick mm. like a bread is. So there was a gentleman, in uh, a chemist by the name of Eben Norton Horsford. He was a chemist in Harvard University in 1856. He was trying to come up with a leavening agent that would be really quick and efficient without having to scrape you know, a bit of yeast off a rotten apple or something Ew. like that, which is what people used mm. for baking in uh, before the mid-19th century because, you know, you needed to get your yeast from somewhere. And what he did was he mixed um, monocalcium phosphate, which he would get from boiling down animal bones, and he would mix that with sodium bicarbonate. And when that was in the presence of moisture, like eggs and uh, milk and water and things like that, carbon dioxide was released and you had this extraordinary um, you know catalyst which uh, allowed your cake to rise and it suddenly made these very uh, beautifully airy and soft cakes that we enjoy today so the birthday cake really comes into its own after 1856 when it becomes possible for regular people to bake beautiful cakes at home Oh right, okay rather than just getting a bit of a bit of bread with a load of candle wax on top of it. Indeed. Uh, it sounds infinitely uh, preferable. So I suppose that's that's uh, major elements of uh, uh, the entire procedure. The, the song, Happy Birthday to You, that we sing, where did that originate It's an from? extraordinary story, Sean. Um, the song was originally written by the Hill Sisters in Louisville in Kentucky in 1893. But it wasn't called Happy Birthday to You. It was called Good Morning 
to all. But the point is that it was composed with the exact same composition of the Happy Birthday song. So it was good. It, so I should clarify, they were kindergarten teachers. So they okay. would sing this song to their children in the morning. And it went, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Good morning, dear children. Good morning to all. So it was the exact same rhythm. Uh, but just with different words. Now, they published that in a kindergarten songbook in 1893 called Song Stories for the Kindergarten. That was fine. Then, several decades later, Irving Berlin, the great musical composer, Mm. brought out the bandwagon in 1931 in New York City on Broadway. And the sisters realised what had happened, that they believed that it had been plagiarised, that the tune had been plagiarised. So this resulted in the Clayton F. Summy Company publishing and copywriting all versions of Happy Birthday to You and crediting the Hill Sisters to the song. That company, the Sumner Company, was bought and sold many times until eventually it was incorporated by Warner Brothers in 1988. And from 1988, the Warner Brothers Company, this giant of Hollywood, decided to start um, calling in Jews on any use of the Happy Birthday song um, in movies and television. And from 1988 until just about four or five years ago, they were raking in $2 million in royalties every year just on the Happy Birthday song. And did the Hill sisters uh, get any cut of that action? Well, uh, not... Or were they long dead They were long, point? long yeah. dead by that point, um, unfortunately. But the... The important thing to note here is uh, fear not if you're hoping to put this song in your next movie because um, (laughs) in 2016 uh, a documentary maker um, played a very important made a very important contribution to the industry Uh, her name was Jennifer Nelson and she successfully took Warner Brothers to court a very much a David versus Goliath courtroom battle and she argued that the happy birthday song should be in the public domain because it was published so long ago the judge are um decided in her favor and as a result of that legal action warner brothers agreed to dole out a total of 14 million dollars to those who had paid for the song's use between 88 and 2016 ah right i mean that's something of a happy end but it still doesn't does it solve the issue of whether uh, irving berlin ripped them off or not ripped off that original song we don't know And I don't want to say whether he did or not. I mean, it's a very, very simple composition, isn't it? Mm. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, you you can see how you can maybe come up with something similar. Yes, indeed. So, you know, that's for you to decide. Yes, indeed. And uh, I suppose when you were thinking about uh, historic birthday cakes, there probably were a few to choose from. Which one did you decide was possibly the most famous? Yeah, one worth looking at. Uh, I tweeted a picture of this earlier, Sean, is JFK's um, cake. He It was 1961, so I think he was in his first year or second year as president. It was his 44th birthday and it's an extraordinarily large cake. This, of course, was the, the birthday that was made famous by Marilyn Monroe's very sultry rendition of Happy Birthday, Mr. President. And... Um, Poor old Jackie was sitting on the side there wondering what was going on. But uh, this was a five foot high cake with a sugar imitation of the White House on top. It had 450 eggs 
in the ingredients. It was uh, extremely lavish and indulgent cake, which was wheeled out for the president's birthday. Yeah. That has to be the most extraordinary cake for me in birthday history. A physical symbol of a man who liked to have his cake and eat it. Indeed, uh, yes. Least, uh, uh, for a while. Uh, many people texting in wondering uh, when Simon is releasing his album. Uh, we don't have an actual date yet, but uh, it's coming soon uh, in the works. Simon Tierney, thanks a million. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. Moncrief on News Talk.